Okay, so welcome to Wrestling Should Be Fun, episode 32. Uh, thanks very much for um, listening in yet, um, last week for episode 31, where we had um, a pretty much a full house of Wrestling Should Be Fun members. Unfortunately, this week, we are down to the bare <laughs> bones, and um, we are thankful for the help and thoughts of Josh Heady, who's returning um, from the podcast a few weeks ago um what what was that show that we spoke about when you were on josh um i can't remember to be honest i know bray wyatt had not long been released oh yeah that was my round table so yeah it was a little while ago i think where where he was gonna go yeah and we're still not sure and now he's a free man yeah he's finally (laughs) free good for him good for him um so yes um it's just me and josh this week, I'm sure that 90s Mike will be cursing at his audio right now um, at the lack of um, <laughs> commitment from the rest of the rest of the fun group. <laughs> they've downed tools. They had one good match and they've downed tools. Um, so let's crack on um, with episode 32 with the call-up sheet. Insert jingle. Right, okay. Let me quickly go and get the names. This worked quite well last week. We had quite a few retweets, which is lovely. <laughs> so here we go with the call-up sheet, kicking off with the excellently named Antonio Lopez Rogina, who gives us extra little um, tidbits of the fact that he's from Louisville, Texas. He's a podcaster, sports and pro wrestling fan, and he's a pizza fan, but no pineapple. So he's automatically going to be thinking with my Vince McMahon head on. He's automatically going to be um is it Tony D'Angelo, the guy in NXT? Yeah, yeah. That's his tag team partner then, surely. <laughs> I like that that idea. So he's got matching velour suit. Yep. <laughs> Trilby. <laughs> um I I, I kind of quite like the idea that he's um, now that Pineapple Pete has gone from AEW, he could take over the idea of Pineapple Pete in the in the WWE, where Vince seems to crack onto something where oh that person doesn't like something, then that's their character. So he hates Pineapple and he's Pineapple Pete. I mean, Pineapple Man sounds a very early nineties WWF gimmick. <laughs> I must say. Okay, moving on to Mikey Hutch who says he's from Indiana, USA, and to expect random tweets about wrestling, video games, and anything else worth talking about. I mean, I instantly latch onto the video game stuff there. So, um, yeah, he's a gamer for me. That's his gimmick. He plays video games. So shall we put him in a feud with Kip Sabian? That would be great, yeah. Kip needs something to do. (laughs) He's still wearing that weird box thing, isn't he? (laughs) not being on TV ever, so. <laughs> I feel like Mikey Hutch could be um, made into something, like some kind of move, some kind of like Camel Hutch. Camel Hutch is excellent. <laughs> Michael Cobb um, would love that. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to the just the brilliantly named wrestling fan from the USA. So, say that again, sorry. He's... He's just called Wrestling Fan. He just loves the wrestling. Oh, so he does proper, like, FTR-style wrestling then, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's very technical. None of this high-flying rubbish. None of that. None of that at all. No. I, kind of, I, I kind of like the thought of him um, as he's a wrestling fan, but that, that he kind of takes Bailey's NXT character where he marks out for everyone. <laughs> just a massive mark. And rather than calling him Bailey, he's just called Mark. <laughs> that is exceptional. That's exceptional. So, like, after the match, you'll see a backstage segment where he's asking the guy that he's just wrestled to watch, to, to like, watch, to like watch the tape back and take notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let's finish with, uh, let's pick one out here. Let's go with Animal Lover 49 whose uh, Twitter handle is 49erfan69, loves NASCAR, and loves wrestling in general, and the 49ers. 
So I'm not a massive American sports fan. So I would latch on to the animal stuff. And his gimmick is every match he acts and dresses as a different animal. Like that, yeah. So one week he could be, I don't know, I'm really going to struggle with animals now, but like an orangutan. So he's always like swinging from each turnbuckle. Another <laughs> week he can be like a, a lion. So he's like really strong. He does power moves. And yeah, just every week he comes out in an absolutely ludicrous animal costume. Big fan of that. I think that um, someone like Xavier Woods would have a fun, zany feud with animal <laughs> Um Also, obviously, with, with the NASCAR link, there's an obvious link there to Thurman Sparky Plug, the old school pod nice. uh, for the kids. <laughs> so that could be a nice little tie-in if, if, if you go in old school 90s. But yeah, Animal Lover 49 coming out each week with a different animal costume, having to do moves that are based on that animal would, would be a lot of fun and also really creative as a wrestling guy yeah he, he's got to learn a lot of moves got to learn <laughs> a lot of moves the animal with a thousand holds there we go <laughs> <laughs> lovely stuff well thanks very much for the call-up sheet entries and we'll be back next week with some more okay let's now crack on to the nuts and bolts of the wrestling should be fun podcast. What the nerds are watching. Josh, as the guest host this week, I think it's only fair that you um, let us know what you've been watching. And from what we've spoken about online, sounds like largely it was AEW this week. Yes. Um, as I sit here in my all elite Bay Bay tea, um, I did indeed watch AEW. Um, I kind of, I keep forgetting what days of the week Dynamite and Rampage are on because they keep changing so often. I think yeah. it was back to normal this week. I yeah. did watch both um, shows. In what out, order, I don't know. <laughs> just out of interest, how do you watch AEW? Do you... I have, it, yeah, do you, I've uh, got Fight TV. I've got the um, AW Plus on Fight TV, so I get it straight away. Yeah, so I, I, used, I used... A small amount for that each month, yeah. I used to do the ITV4 thing, but yeah, but post-Rampage uh, post, post where... That was only really available on Fight app. I, I took the plunge and it's money well spent, isn't it, for four quid or whatever? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you get everything archived as well, all the old TV shows and stuff. So, yeah, it's great. Really is great. So what were your thoughts, I guess, first? Shall we go with as shall we go in time order and start with Dynamite? Yeah, so in preparation for this, I kind of wrote down the title of each segment. Um, and I've just got lots of ticks next to every segment. Um, I, I kind of liked everything on this show, really. Um, so I kind of run through it. And if there's anything you want to talk about in particular, I'm more than happy to. Um, yeah. We had CM Punk, Bobby Fish in the opener. That was what you'd expect. That was pretty solid. Um, you'll have to remind me, Ross. I can't remember if it was this podcast or somewhere else. But someone said you were talking about Cody and Malachi Black. Yeah. Where Cody beat him. And I can't remember who it was who wanted it to be, like, explained. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was Brum, and they yeah, and they absolutely they, did do that, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, and I remember listening because I listened to the last podcast after Malachi did the social media post. Yeah, and yeah, basically for those who saw his post, he basically explained in a promo on Dynamite, basically saying that he won the war, Cody only won the battle, and it was much more than just the match. And everyone hates Cody now, which is a whole is a different. We could do a whole podcast on Cody Rhodes heat at the minute, I think, but. Uh, so, yeah, that was cool. Um, Darby Allen came back and beat up MJF. That was cool. Did you, um, what What did you make of the Cody promo? Uh, I thought it was great. I think he is very much AEW's John Cena now, isn't he? Um, yeah. He's he's not going to turn. <laughs> he's really not, is he? Um, I, love, I, I love the fact that he's stated that he's not going to now because when he eventually finally does, because there's no way that... Oh, it'll be nuclear, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely nuclear. Um, absolutely love that. And the fire that he brought in a babyface fashion, I thought was amazing. Something that even the most ardent Cody haters must have felt a little fire in their belly listening to him talk the way that he was talking. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Loved that. Yeah, yeah. as I said... Um, Derby came back and beat up MGF, so they've got their match at the pay-per-view. Um, Sammy Guevara beat Ethan Page. That was, again, really solid stuff. Not really sure what this big multi-American top team 
inner circle match is going to look like. Um, but we'll see. I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Um, what else did we have? We had Danielson and Eddie Kingston do a promo leading to Rampage. I'll talk more about that when we yeah. speak about Rampage, actually. Um, we had Hikaru Shida beating Serena Deeb. That, that, Serena Deeb really good, isn't she? Like, she's, she's seriously good. It was a very good night of wrestling, Dynamite, but I think... Yeah. That- but, but I think that was my favourite match. She She's just really good. <laughs> yes. more to say. And now, that um, she, and now that she's finally got a character beyond smiling and being good at wrestling, yeah. uh, she's, she'll, she'll, she'll latch on even more. And I thought that um, the match itself was amazing. And um, I noted on Twitter that I absolutely loved the little nod that, a, that AW do t- to the past all the time. I know, yeah. it's, I know it's practically stealing from the past, but who cares if it's good it's good and the and the way that um they had the trophy in the hands of Shida a bit like that was great yeah a bit like WrestleMania 8 where Piper had it in his hands and was like shall I hit him shall I not hit him and the crowd yeah the crowd obviously back in that match were a lot more invested because that was a bigger event and a bigger match but still in this um day and age they still managed to grab some kind of um heartstrings from the eight, from the eight, from the eight AW crowd, which were a bit smarky, which is impressive, yeah. and the match itself, the, the chemistry that that the pair of them had was, was excellent. Shida came across like a star again, which is which is fantastic because she did wane a little in her title reign in terms of the matches that she was having. Even though they were good matches, people didn't seem to be too interested in them. Um, and the fact that they built this match to have a bit of heat in it is brilliant for her. And then the post match, I thought was brilliant. Um, the chair shots that. Deeb was giving. Sheep. Oh, they were horrible. Yeah, like, she was not holding back on those at all. Was she bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, we had I don't know what ten from the Dark Order has done to John Moxley, but every time he wrestles him, he just kills him. Yeah. So yeah, Mox uh, absolutely destroyed ten again, and this time I don't know. I don't know if you saw it, Ross, but t- poor ten had absolute tons of blood coming from his face. He did. Yeah, it, it looked horrid. Um, Something and, that I something that I really appreciate from AW, the commentary team were, were the ones that noted that the previous encounter, but um, between the two, ended yeah, up he busted his arm, didn't he? Yeah, in a serious injury for for ten. And someone who isn't an avid watcher of of AW in the past and has um, yeah. got way more into it recently through all the acquisitions and the uh, buzz around it, I really love that. Um, like little notes and story beats that the that the team can tell you all the better for that yeah um then we had obviously the cody promo we spoke about which kind of morphed into uh andrade came out and then malachi came out and then pat came out so i think we're getting some form of tag team match i know cody and andrade are facing each other on the next dynamite um yeah but hey four great talents four over talents can only be good stuff really for me um And, and then, and they didn't this, seem to go down the, the same old trope of can they coexist? They, it was just oh kind of God, said that the worst. <laughs> it, it was just kind of said that yeah, like they both hate the people that are in this match, so they're just gonna yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, and then a match which was made in wrestling should be fun heaven between the elite and the dark order, which <laughs> oh my god, I had so much fun watching this. This was so much fun. Uh, the costumes. I mean, all these multi-man elite matches are always good because, like, the elite are amazing. Um, but, yeah, this was just really good fun. And the wrestling itself was actually pretty good as well. Um, I'll tell you who I'm... didn't enjoy it. A lot of people on the internet, eh? Oh, people... who cares? Just, people people to... just relax. Just people relax. Have have a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the slow reveal at the end with Hangman in the marshmallow suit was exceptional. Um, I love I love what AEW seem to always do in terms of giving that red herring, like yeah. how, like how they did with the Cole um, and Danielson um, debut, where they kind yeah. of gave, gave you the, the red herring that everyone was expecting. Yeah, uh, Brian and, and it was Cole here. Everyone was expecting the um, what was the outfit that um, Cutler? So they in? bought they bought Brandon Cutler down in a horse, didn't that they? Was right. that he was, was right. dressed as a horse. And obviously, I don't know who they assumed it was, but they obviously assumed it was like a member of the Dark Order or whatever, or Hangman. Yeah, yeah. Or... yeah exactly. But yeah, they're giving the trigger, the BT trigger. 
and then we get the the slow reveal. And as soon as they do it to the horse, you know it's not who they think it is. And then yeah, yeah it, was, it was brilliant, superbly paid off. Um, and you had um, Matt Jackson doing his oh, uh, facials. You know what? I hope we actually do get a proper Matt Jackson versus Hangman match at some point because this has been like long term booking tenfold really these two um but yeah really good stuff a really fun show um and as well as rampage really um i'll move on to that quickly just three matches but three very different matches um this was a variety show of wrestling of really good wrestling um the opener brian danielson eddie kingston was absolutely amazing (laughs) this was a a fight less than a wrestling match this was a fight um yeah danielson beat him and then the really interesting thing afterwards was cm punk's doing an interview and suddenly eddie kingston shouting his mouth off and yeah we get a little thing with those two cm punk and um and eddie kingston so yeah that's gonna be a promo dream isn't it yeah um i don't know if you saw um, um, Ambrose uh, Moxley's quotes about he said it was like his favorite ever match, didn't he? Yeah, he basically said that <laughs> he basically said that um, Kingston's got a certain song that gets him hyped. Yeah, he put it on, and he could tell that like through just look, like like watching his eyes that he was starting to get in that zone, and then Moxley was trying to hype him up and saying like this vegan eating. <laughs> <laughs> Weeb or whatever he was saying about him, and then he was like, <laughs> amazing. and he was saying like Kingston went out there to like murder him basically, and oh, it was he absolutely did. Um, by the uh, chest of Danielson, I'd say that he did a pretty good job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so after that, again, completely different style of match. We had Dante Martin beating Matt Seidel. Um, again, it was really good stuff I've, I've nothing bad to say about this um one more little note on the dante match was that um the commentary team noted that um the move that dante avoided to win the match was the move that he'd lost the previous two matches with Sidel for right yeah yeah Which, again on the commentary side was like oh that's so good like that that, that like paints a picture for me and it yeah, tells me that and it tells you that leo is like coaching him which is yeah the idea behind it right yeah, great stuff. Even if you've not watched the previous two matches, they've still done a great job of explaining it all to you. Um, and then I the main event... I absolutely carry on. Um, I bet that Seidel loves wrestling these young dudes who just must remind him of himself at like yeah. that age, you know? Definitely. Uh, and then this main event, obviously, on Halloween weekend, they had to have a zombie in the main event, didn't they? Um, <laughs> but this was... I mean, I'm, I really like Abaddon, and I really like the fact that they don't use her like all the time. They don't overexpose that gimmick, which is obviously like a pretty unique gimmick. Um, so this match was kind of like just bobbing along, Britt Baker, Abaddon. Um, they had the absolute, and I, I hate saying bad things about AW, but they had a, a disaster with this table spot. I don't know if you saw it. I saw it, yeah. They tried so hard to break this table. So like they tried a suplex. They must have tried two or three times to break this table. It just weren't having it um so yeah. i said this match was going along you know it was i can't remember what they called it it was like trick or treat or it, it was like a no rules weapons type match um and then it all went a bit mental when abaddon decided to get the tax out uh and then everything just went absolutely mental um and then the crowd got into it brit got thrown on the tax brit did a, a curb stomp with the chair uh, and then abaddon did like the undertaker sit up smart yeah, that- the crowd went mad for that that spot was amazing because the curves on the chair looked like it broke a neck, didn't it? Oh, it looked horrid. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, this spot, I actually cringed at this spot when Britt put the tax in Abaddon's mouth and then did the super kick. That yep. was, oh, God. I know like, they have ways of doing this stuff, but that was horrid. Um, some great so, storytelling after when uh, she tried to, Britt was going for the lockjaw, but she was hesitant because obviously Abaddon's got like fangs and all that and she had the tax in her mouth. And then Abaddon just bit of hand anyway um and then obviously we had the interference and the finish and brit was always going to win i think we knew that but yeah it was again good fun a bit more extreme than i was expecting definitely i did expect the tax to come out Um, so from so so for me in this main event i i had two little notes was one that was 
this match was only seven minutes long. I did. I had no idea it was that long. I would have thought it would have been like way. It didn't. It felt longer. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I, I, yeah. Like obviously there was so much stuff about women's wrestling and that WWE didn't give their wrestlers a chance because they only had like six minute matches or or whatever. And yeah. it's proof that like you can they still got a lot get, in. Like, you can get a lot in in seven minutes. <laughs> a lot. Uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, great, good stuff, really, for me. Yeah. And my other note on the Abaddon match was um, the fact that Britt Baker is calling herself the hardcore legend now after the stuff <laughs> online with um, Mick Foley. So good. And the, so good. And obviously the matches that she's had in the past. My only thing with that is in a similar way to Adam Cole in that she's not really a heel. Like, no. I, like, I, I, Yeah. <laughs> Getting thrown through tax and winning through like showing heart, that is the ultimate Mick Foley face trope. Yeah, I think like I think they're gonna have to sort that out like pretty soon because it's getting like, I don't mind her being a hardcore legend, but I think that she could be a bit more Terry Funk and just badass rather than Yeah. Pull on the heartstrings a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they kind of they've done it, they've kind of got round it with Adam Cole, you know, like the uh, the heel who gets cheered because they've put Adam Cole with the elite. So that kind of makes him more likely to be booed when he's with those guys. But with Britt, it's, it is a problem definitely. Cause I think it, well, it doesn't exactly help the baby face she's up against, does it? Um, yeah. Tricky one, tricky one for them to, to navigate long-term. I think. I think that's quite a good segue into this week's raw because <laughs> we had an absolutely spectacular opening match. I know um, they were up against, uh, I think it was baseball, I think, um, in the opening hour. Um, so, um, sorry, in the in the second two hours. So the first hour was really important for Raw. So they went with the Becky-Bianca match straight off. I think, yeah. it, was, I think it was 18 minutes that, that they gave them. The match was flawless in terms of chemistry. I didn't spot one, like, one botch. Um, the wrestling was crisp as hell um, and, and the story was good with um, Becky managing to win yet again by nefarious means. She ripped the uh, turn, the top turnbuckle off, uh, threw Bianca into the turnbuckle, rolled her up and pulled the tights. Like you can't get more heel than that, right? Yeah. From and the yet, outside looking in, they seem to be trying their best to get a booed. And yet the, the crowd was still probably 75% <laughs> in terms of Becky, which is crazy when you think how over Bianca was at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely mad that the crowd still just fight it. And I've been having kind of debates online with... I saw a few people come back at the tweets that you guys have been putting out saying, yeah, just different stuff, really. Um, It's quite interesting, obviously, that like, you know, people will say, well, she's the like, like, she's the girl that we got behind, so we're not giving up on her. But like, you're not giving up on the human being playing Becky Lynch. You're giving up on the character because the character's being a twat. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm very old school with wrestling and I just, like, pretty much play along. If I'm told to, to, to cheer, I'll cheer. If I'm told to boo, I'll boo. And I think that makes wrestling cleaner in terms of storytelling. Yeah. Like, I um, the, the match I bring it back to is the Young Bucks Lucha Bros cage match and like yeah. for those of you who follow me on twitter my twitter profile picture is me with the young bucks but i was like no i'll get behind this i'll kind of want the lucha bros to win and the way they told that match i think the majority of the crowd went on that ride as well like if you go along with the story i find you actually enjoy wrestling a lot more in terms of who you cheer and who you boo for yes um, absolutely absolutely um yeah. so yeah that was interesting and then um i don't know whether this was a planned thing anyway or if they shoehorned it into the show but like three quarters of the way through the show they were like becky lynch is up next at like what like way after the match like two hours after the match finished all and, right okay and she did a um a backstage interview and she got asked about the way that she won and she said the bigger issue is the fact that some of the fans are booing her because those fans were the ones that um were with her at the start and now that she's got big people can't relate to her anymore because people haven't had the success that she's had and they're just jealous. Right. So, like, so they've gone down that route, which 
is a lot more explicit that because some people are arguing with me on Twitter that the, 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 the Becky Lynch character has given you no reason to boo her, which I massively disagree with, but it's been kind of softly, softly approach a little bit with um, the heel promos and the heel work where she's been a heel that has given her point of view across. And there's a lot of truth in what she's saying, yeah. which, I always, which I always quite enjoy about a heel, but it does create this character where people start to relate to that person and say, yeah, actually this, 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 and this. And that's the reason that we don't boo them. Yeah. So maybe in the next few weeks, we'll see Becky Lynch become, you know, a bit more cut and dry as a heel. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't worry for Bianca because I think she's great. And like, I think people really like you. I mean, you saw, like you said, at WrestleMania and I don't remember seeing one person who was upset online when she won the Royal Rumble. I don't remember one person no. being upset. No. Um, and and anyone who says that she's buried by losing this feud with Becky is no not, no no she's no, no, absolutely no. not buried. She's been in the main event scene for it's pretty much since since the Rumble, pretty much almost. And like when she does when she does beat Becky, it's going to be massive. Yeah, it's going to be so good. Yeah, yeah. Um. So if so, uh, so that little segment that Becky did ended with um Liv Morgan interrupting her. And Becky kind of just looking up, her up and down, shaking her head as if like, you're like you're not even worth my time and I'm walking off. Yeah. So we're going to get Liv, Becky next, which is cool because Liv has earned her spotlight for Liv, yeah. Um, she's, she's been one of the most approved in-ring wrestlers of 2021, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like she's someone as well. People always want to get behind, but they're never given the chance to because WWE don't let them. Um. <laughs> yeah, completely, completely. And in general, Raw was a very, very good in-ring show. Um, the roster that they've got now on Raw is strong. Uh, oh, it's far superior to SmackDown, isn't it? In general. Uh, in, yes, in general, which is great for Raw because it should help Raw become better and also yeah. good for SmackDown because there's going to be someone that breaks out on SmackDown and, and becomes a star. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the matches, you had Gable against Balor were just given five minutes to go out and grapple and it was fantastic. Um, loved loved the finish where um, it was a superplex by Gable on Balor and then Balor managed to do like the roll up from the suplex like straight off it um, so like he kind of comes across as Gable was on top but just like let his guard down for like three seconds so it was kind of got Gable over and um, Graves in particular was doing a great job of mentioning the likes of Kurt Angle and saying how similar Gable is and the potential that he's got and hoping that this finally sees him, you know, become a kind of a mid-card guy and in serious solo stuff, as well as the stuff that he's doing with Otis, because he's so good. <laughs> um, we also saw um, a really fun match between Austin Theory and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is so, so good. I cannot believe <laughs> that after the amount of operations on those knees, the kind of work rate that he still puts in, he's so flawless with his high flying. The chemistry with pretty much anyone is amazing. And um, the match finished with a DQ after um, Dominic hit Fury. And obviously they're doing a slow burn. Something's going to give between Dominic. They're still going with that. How long has yeah. that been going on for now? Which, which I'm fine with because, you know, yeah. if, it's, like, if it's your dad, it doesn't need to be like a like a quick snap and then I, I hate him sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, fair enough. It needs to be a little bit of a, like, a chip away. And Rey Mysterio is so good that he can finally give Dominic a match that he'll be like proud of post the match against Seth Rollins where he debuted, I don't think that he's massively impressed and I'm not entirely sure why, but I think that Rey Mysterio is obviously going to be uber keen to get him over. And yeah. Turning heel on, on your dad and then having a really great match with him. And who knows, maybe retiring him, maybe taking his mask off, who knows? Um, there's so much potential there for a story. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that obviously Ray will do anything to, to help his son. So it's going to be a cracker. Um, we also saw um, Damien Priest and T-Bar have a no disqualification match and those two absolutely kicked the shit out of each other. It was amazing. Um, 
there was a slightly annoying bit where the fans started doing a CM Punk chant mid-match and fair play to the other people in the crowd because they just drowned them out with dueling chants of T-Bar and Damien Priest, which, which I loved because I think that's so, so disrespe- like dis- disrespectful to the wrestlers in the ring. The worst. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, so I was happy to, t- t- to hear that from the crowd and the, uh, and the match and the match was excellent. Um, T-Bar lost again, um, which makes sense because it was up against a champion and um, the match was really good. And he wrestled a bit more like Dijakovic and a bit less kind of robotic T-Bar style. And his Twitter, that like hour next um, after the match was kind of something's got to change. So hopefully we're going to see the return of of Dijak or however he'll call his surname now. Um, Because ROH, Dijak and NXT Dijakovic was finding. Um, and then we saw Biggie and Owens, uh, which was fantastic. Um, Seth Rollins being Seth Rollins and came out with his kind of money in the bank contract vibe that he's got going after winning the, the ladder match last week, where he's got a title shot, at, um, a choice of um, time, not one that he can just cash in on, but actually have a match. Um, and... <laughs> Fantastically, he he went up to Owens and was like, "I'll scr- I'll scratch your back, you you can scratch mine. I'll be on commentary. I can help you, and then you can be the number one contender, sort of thing." Um, and Owens blew him off, saying, "You know that he's doing it for his family and his fans." And then, lo and behold, in the actual match, um, oh, actually, previous to saying that, I don't know if you saw this on the write up that, that that you read about, um, they um. Owens came out and said, I don't know if I'm going to be here for three more months or three more years, but for the I did see time, this. Yeah. His contract's up in three months. Is it? Yeah. So they're kind yeah. of, so they're kind of playing on it. And then Biggie said, um, Hey, this ain't Mount. Hey, this ain't Mount Rushmore in, uh, oh, there we go. tag team with, uh, the young bucks. Yeah. So yeah, they're obviously playing on it. And part of me is like, that kind of tells me that he's staying. And it's just like a bit of a, like, let's just, you know, play with mm. the IWC. But there's also part of me that thinks, do you know what? Maybe they are just letting him do what he wants to do because then, that's, yeah, that's what, what they allow. Yeah. That's what they allow Brian to do. That's what they yeah. allow um, Ambrose to do. So there's precedent there of, you know, just letting them do their thing and run out the contract and still be on TV. And, you know, that's cr- it's crazy that they're doing that, though. Like, and it's kind because of, they know where he's going to go if he's going to leave. And the fact that, like, yeah, like the old school mentality, I guess, would be you you don't make someone hot to go. Like, they built Adam Cole up for four years for him to go to the rival promotion. Yeah, yeah. And, like, obviously, it's, it's weird. It's good for his wrestling fans, but yeah, like, from a business point of view, it's weird. There is a precedent there, though, isn't there, with obviously Moxley debuted a month after the network special where it was the house show of like the yeah. shield and things like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I don't know the answer what, whether Owens is staying or going, I'm happy for him to do it either. You know? Um, yeah. Same. As I don't know where I prefer him to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. So as I said, um, Seth kind of um, painted the picture that, you know, they could um, knife to win the match as a pair. And Seth Rollins hit uh, Biggie and Owens. Rather than chasing Seth off, he chose to try and get and uh, to like try and get the win. And Biggie kicked out and then won the match. And post match, Biggie went up to Owens and was like, "You saw him punch me. What are you doing?" And uh, Owens did the kind of like, "I'm sorry, like I didn't see it." And Biggie was like, "I saw you saw it." And Owens was playing that kind of like dumb role that he didn't see it. And Biggie, you expect him as as a face to kind of just walk away and be the bigger man. But I love the fact that rather than doing that, he picked him up and gave him the big ending. And it ended raw in that way because he said he then stood over Owens and was like, "I see you. I know who you are." And then someone posted on Twitter the when. 
Biggie was out injured and Owens dressed with the New Day on SmackDown to like be a six man tag team. Yeah, I remember that. And I then, remember that. And then turned on them. So like, love that long term. That's good. That's good. So yeah, um, love that. And obviously going to be having some kind of Owens will play a part in the future Rollins Biggie match, which is cool. Um, that, and... That's a pretty cool main event scene. To give them credit, to be fair, of those yeah, three absolutely. guys. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and it's fresh. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um, yeah, as I said, Raw was Raw was good. Um, nothing that was terrible. There was some stuff that was a bit meh, but in a three-hour show, you're you're going to expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to see that. Um, so yeah, on the whole, Raw was impressive. Um, didn't see SmackDown unfortunately I was meant to watch it previous to this pod um, but didn't so I'll skip that um, And but but something that, that we did both watch was the Halloween Havoc show right? Yeah um, I'm not a regular watcher of NXT 2.0 um, for the reasons that most people aren't anymore but I was kind of like I compare it to being an ECW fan and having to watch WWE ECW that's how I feel having to watch or when I do watch bits of NXT 2.0. That's um, a fair comparison, yeah. Because NXT, the black and gold brand, was that was everything to me as a wrestling fan. Um, and yeah, I just can't bear to watch this NXT 2.0, to be honest. I did watch this Halloween Havoc show, though. I did watch this show, because well, obviously there was a load of matches on. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm someone who's come around to 2.0 almost straight away, um, based on the fact that NXT was a bit of a dying brand when it happened. Um, people were latching on to AEW and NXT was going head to head with it in the same kind of market. And it was kind yeah. of was second best. So I felt yeah. that it kind of needed a, a bit of a refresh. And yeah, it is a bit weird because you've got a mix of the older and the new. But I think it's actually made for some pretty, ex- some pretty exciting TV. Yeah, like I said, I didn't. I mean, I won't be watching next week, but there was, I didn't dislike everything on this show. There was some bits where I thought, oh, this is different. This is pretty good. And this is not so good, which you're going to get on every wrestling show, I guess. But, um, of but, the yeah. new characters, is there, is there anyone that you're liking or is it all kind of. Oh, Bron Breaker is going to be, yeah, he, they need to push that guy and keep going and keep going with him because he's, he's great. Yeah, I really like him. him. I really like him. Yeah, he's kind of, um, He's kind of the perfect mould of what the Steiner brothers were. He's got the, the best bits of both of them. Yeah, and do you know what? I've, I didn't think this at the time, but I thought about it. And I actually think it's better for him long term that he didn't win the title right away. Yeah, like, I think you're right as well. When he uh, eventually does win it, because I think he is going to win it from Champa eventually. Yeah, When he does, yeah, it's going to be of, so good. Yeah, there's kind of no kind of swell for him to... like, Like, there's no real swell fan support for someone who comes in and wins it straight away. It's a bit Man City, isn't it? Yeah, they go, like, it's Roman Reigns all over again, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, like, if Ciampa is going to be this, like, gatekeeper and this ultra-veteran protector of the old NXT, he shouldn't be losing right away, should he? Else no. he just looks silly then. He looks like an old man. No, um, and and he clearly cares about the, the brand of NXT, whether that be Black and Gold or 2.0. And yeah. I you you probably didn't see it because you don't watch the weekly show, but I think that the, the the second week of, of the new show, he came out and gave this like impassioned ten minute promo, a little bit like what um, Cody does on AW, where he basically explains why he thinks that this promotion is the life and soul of who he is. Yeah, and you really believe it, and the fact that he's carrying that title around as the like as the gatekeeper, as you say. Yeah. It's fantastic, I think. Yeah, like I said, it, um, eventually when... I feel so weird calling him Bron Break. I just want to call him something Steiner. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I really hope they change that at some point. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think Chomp is the perfect guy to have Goldie for now. And when he gives it up, it'll be the right time for him to give it up. Yeah. Um, the ladder match scared me. Yikes. <laughs> it's the word I d- have to describe this match. Yikes. Um, so yeah, the fact I, that so, yeah. So I actually think it's almost irresponsible to put so many inexperienced people in a match. Yeah, like that. Um, yeah I agree. I agree. And fair play to every single wrestler in that match because they all put 
a shift in and they all were, were fearless in being like, well, well, we're in a, well, we're in a ladder match and we're going to try and... Yeah, make, they didn't mess about, did they? Like, Jesus. And we're going to try and entertain you. There was um, there was the powerbomb on Dolan through the ladder, which was... Oh, yeah. Um, poor Zoe Stark seemed to break her leg at every opportunity. Um, <laughs> there was that amazing bit there where I generally thought that she'd done like an ACL or something and she was in the corner just holding her, her, her knee. Yeah. Seconds later, she was doing like a triple bounce off a ladder moonsault thing. <laughs> Bloody hell. Like how, like, how can people boo her? Like, I get that Io Shirai was in a tag team with her and it stalled Io's um, kind of move a little bit, but she was a, like, she was the champion and she needs, and she needed something to, to, to like do it post losing it. Yeah. And to like put all the heat on Zoe Stark, like, who's a fantastic wrestler. Yeah, like let's admit it. Like that NXT crowd can be a right pain in the ass, can't they? Yeah, they're they're strange, aren't they? They they're very not like I know we spoke about earlier. How about wrestling's more enjoyable if you go along with for the ride? I feel like this NXT crowd because it's the same people every week. I feel like they just do what they want. Yeah, and it's really the takeaway from the show. Sometimes did you hear the 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 theory behind the reasoning? The MSK one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that one. I uh, heard that one. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, it's impossible. I could believe it, though. I could believe it. It's impossible that's to say, yeah. but um, I loved that um, even the official WWE account, um, the the day that the story broke, um, they were just kind of doing, like, appreciation for MSK tweets. And just oh, the comment. <laughs> and the comments underneath were just people um, saying, like, obviously, we've we've always loved you and I found it weird that that crowd boo you and now we know why. And then yeah. Wesley and Caster came out and uh, uh, and were oh, not Caster, uh, Nash, sorry. Um, yeah. Came out on their own personal Twitters and were just like, can't thank you too much for all this praise. Um, we hear you sort of thing, which was amazing. And then it's just a bit of a shame that it happened the week that they lost the titles. <laughs> it's typical, right? <laughs> Because <laughs> obviously, yeah, the NXT crowd loved it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that um, that match was probably the highlight of the show, I think, in terms of yeah. quality. Um, yeah. Imperium, obviously, being from Europe, we bloody love those guys. Yep, absolutely. And boy, have they put in the work. They both look amazing, don't they? Oh, insane. Yeah. They're very much like not of that brand, which is, I, I, I'm pleasantly surprised they're still on there and doing well. And now they've got the belts. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, good for them. And they keep on teasing Volta, so who knows what's happening with that? I know that he said in the past he doesn't want to live in America, so not too uh, small, any, but... anything Volta's on. I'm watching. Put it that way. <laughs> You're back into 2.0. <laughs> yeah, if he's there, I'm there. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think we both would say that it was a decent show. Um, it was all right, yeah, um, yeah. For two hours, it was it was a mixture of fun and decent wrestling, and. A few scares, both in the ring and um, yeah. the Dexter Loomis stuff. Um, and, that, <laughs> and the last thing to talk about um, from what the nerds are watching for me is NXT UK. Don't know if you're still watching NXT UK, Josh. I have not got the time to watch this. There's so much wrestling on. Yeah, that's perfectly understandable, mate. Not everyone is as sad as me. Um, <laughs> um, so they had a Heritage Cup match after a Heritage Cup tournament over the past few weeks where which Noam Dar won um, and Noam Dar I think is perfect for the Heritage Cup where it's six rounds three minute rounds and you can tell a long story yeah Noam Dar uh, Noam Dar is fantastic at it because he's a chicken shit heel but he's also technically brilliant so he plays the like so he plays the role brilliantly in these rounds where he's kind of conniving and, and also brilliant um, and the match finished with yet again, um, the towel played a huge part in Mustache Mountain, where Pretty Deadly come down, yeah, start twatting around with Trent Seven on the outside, and they steal the towel from Trent. Trent grabs it off them, but through the like struggle of trying to get the towel off them, it flings out and into the ring. So the um, match is at one one, and the first of two wins. And the referee sees the towel forward in the ring and Trent Seven has cost Bate the title. 
Yikes, yeah. So, yeah, like obviously the towers played a huge part in the history of. I still remember, yeah, the incredible tag match with um, Fish O'Reilly. Yeah, still remember. I absolutely love that, like, they're still going with that tale. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And I feel like eventually when those two break up and there's a big feud, like, the tower will play a part in some way, which, yeah, great storytelling. Uh, Yeah, and NXT UK just manages to carry on doing what it does. It's an hour of TV. The characters all make sense. The wrestling is really, really good. And it's all guys and girls pretty much now that are like me too free. There's still obviously one or two. And and it's a bit awkward, but by and large, they've cleared out the bad eggs and you can watch the show and feel good about British wrestling again, which is something that we all need to to do after an awful... Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, um, if you go out your way to watch one match from NXT UK, make sure it's uh, Noam Dar against Tyler Bate. It's very, very, very good. Okay, so that was what the nerds are watching. Let's quickly move on to a roundtable. I think we've only got time for one this time. Josh, did you want to yep. do your New Day one? Uh, yeah, so obviously I knew I had to bring a roundtable. Um, was just scrolling through Twitter and saw the Kofi Kingston quote about where he said, he believes the New Day are the greatest faction of all time. Um, I don't know if they are or they aren't. Um, it's a pretty good argument to say they are, though, given... They've got to be in the conversation. They've got to be in the... Yeah, like, now, with Xavier having one King of the Ring, they've all done stuff individually and as a team, yeah. whilst the team has been a thing. Like, it's not been a case of... I, mean, I know Big E's on his own, but the New Day were very much involved in that storyline when he won the title. So it's like... Yeah. Yeah, they've not had to break off to be stars. I feel, like, I feel like until Woods wins a major championship, they won't be. Yeah, but I feel like because people for those of like, you who've followed, yeah, for those of people who have like followed Woods down the year, he's he's literally always spoke about wanting to be king of the ring. Oh yeah, yeah, that's been his dream yeah. like forever. Yeah. Um. So and I just think amazing. it's pretty cool that yeah, that Kofi's but, been like, the champion, Biggie's been the champion, and Woods is king of the ring. But the only thing with that is obviously that if you're going with the biggest ever faction or the greatest faction, Shield fans will say, you Shield, know. I, I thought about the Shield. The Shield were the team I thought of second because, like, yeah. And then they're all huge single stars. And yeah. Obviously, yeah. the pro- probably the biggest faction of all time in terms of status is probably the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Yeah. So historically. Many, yeah. That's had so many different iterations and so many title holders for like, if you can't yeah, ridiculous all the members through the years um but obviously history has a way of cancelling out these things doesn't it like rick flair doesn't quite hold the luster that he once did in some fans eyes and that's just recency bias yeah i mean like the next generation down from earth is like they've gonna know who the horsemen are and that's no offense to the horsemen but like none of them are gonna watch the horsemen ever really no um, and the fact that the WWE haven't really mentioned them for the last yeah, I feel yeah. like it's a lot. It's a lot like based on who you grew up with as well. Yes. So for like, you, who was yours? Like, who are your big factions? Uh, so my big factions really would be like the back end of DX. Maybe I okay. kind of grew up in the like my kid watching area was the noughties where factions weren't really a thing. Yeah, you missed um, the whole gang rules thing. Of yeah. So we had the Lost Bariquas, DOA, and yes. the Truth Commission. And <laughs> Christ. DX. And who else did we have? We had we had and then on WCW you had the Flock and NWO. Yeah. So um, I kind of missed all that, but um yeah. I feel like some of those groups suffer from too many people being in them and they kind of get like saturated a little bit. Yes, I agree with that for sure. Whereas, like the Horsemen, you know who they are. I know they're different iterations, but like primarily, if you say someone named the Four Horsemen, it's the same four, isn't it? How um, how would you um, see the Japanese ones, the Chaoses and the Bullet Clubs and Suzuki Guns? Again, it's like because there's been so many iterations down the years, you kind of have to like compare an era of a team. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Bullet Club changed professional wrestling, didn't it, really? When you think about it. Yeah, I'd say that the Bullet Club was the 
start of what would become AEW, which is weird. Yeah. The people that started it, none of them are in it, AEW. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. When you think about the biggest members of the Bullet Club were probably um, Finn and then AJ became the leader afterwards. Yeah. And obviously, Tabatonga and yeah. Tonga and Fale. Yeah. But yeah, like the, they obviously became a huge thing. Like, and in, and in terms of a like British one, I, I guess the only real one for us would be uh, the would be British Strong Style, right? Yeah, again, in the same sort of way, kind of game changer in British wrestling in the sense that those three guys kind of became the faces of NXT UK and into the main NXT. Um, yeah. Again, like game changers for British wrestling, not just in, fa- in terms of a faction, but in terms of what British wrestlers could do and like that pathway into WWE, which really wasn't there for a very long time. I mean, I know British wrestling wasn't doing so great for a while. Um, and these three guys were kind of like spearheading the new era of British wrestling. But yeah, yeah. I mean, when you've got Pete Dunne facing Tyler Bate on a takeover and it's the most talked about match of that takeover, that was an absolute game changer. Yeah. What is, what is quite cool about, New Day is that they've always been themselves and yeah they I hope they never break up like ever like I know they've they're on different brands now but I hope they never do your a stereotypical one of them turns on the other one like the shield did I really hope because it's just like the the New Day isn't it like they're pure proper baby face team and I just hope they're different from every other faction ever which is always broken up I, I think that's the thing that like historians and the likes of Alvarez and Meltzer that are a bit serious, like they like they would point towards the Bullet Club and they would point towards the Horsemen. They would point towards serious like they, they like they would, they would probably make a uh, point of maybe throwing like the Heart Foundation in there. Yeah, People, like like these kind of like serious badass factions that. Yeah, but cool. then I think it, like I, we've said. And there's, and there's a certain yeah. and there's a certain um, snobbery about the New Day, isn't there? Yeah, and I like think. you said, the, the New Day haven't had to change. And you, I mean, like we said, during the New Day, Kofi won the WWE title at WrestleMania. Big E became WWE champion. Xavier Woods is king of the ring. They've not changed, and they've been put in these positions. So, like, someone thinks they're serious enough to win yeah. the, these titles and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. And, and and what's so amazing about that is that exact thing is what people hated about Roman Reigns that, that he didn't change they hated about John Cena that he didn't change yeah. but people don't want New Day to change they just no. you know, like yeah I, like, I'm with you in that I don't think that they should ever break up no no and I love the fact that they're so supportive of each other like yeah it's great because it's re- like I don't know if you listen to their podcast it's like the highlight of my week but they're genuinely like that in real life. Like yeah. They generally are best mates. Uh, and it's believable as well. Like when Big E won the title and then those two came running out. It's very real. It's very believable. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah, it makes you get behind them. So yeah, quite, good for them. Quite a few of the wrestling should be fun group were at Kofi Mania. And I'm oh, so jealous amazing. that they're for it. Yeah, amazing. I mean, we were watching in a sports bar and yeah, we just went mental. Because yeah, it was amazing. Good for them. And obviously... um. There's that incredible footage of um, MVP and Sad Gaspard. Yeah, I saw that. I've seen that. Yeah, which which takes on even more emotional baggage. Obviously, with yeah, Sad just like months, just months later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. If if a PWI or a, a different respected magazine or website came out and did a list and Nido were at the top, I don't think I'd moan too much at all. No, no, nor me, nor me. Right. People would, though, of course, but I, I right. wouldn't really. My only thing, as I say, going against them, I think, is the fact that Woods hasn't won a major championship. Um, yeah. Once he does, which, or if he does, I, I think then you can easily make the argument that they are the greatest. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, fair play, Kofi. Stick your flag in the ground. Yeah, good for him, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that is the round table and we're going to finish off with a book of bingo. We'll just, <laughs> maybe, um, when it's just the two of us, 
Um, yeah. We do a bit of a Russo and Bischoff and um, put our heads together and try and figure out a way to book this feud. Right. Okay. So we won't go against each other. Um, we'll just have a little think and a bit of a laugh. Um, let me quickly get the spreadsheet up. So this is Book of Bingo. Okay. The matches. <laughs> okay. We've got Sammy G from AEW. Right. Against Indy Hartwell. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, Sammy did the gimmick where he's like the Spanish guard, and Indy's just got married. Yes. So, like, definitely. There's a story we could use. For sure. Yeah, we basically take the Angel Garza gimmick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got to get Dexter Loomis involved. Him on any TV is entertaining to me. So. <laughs> Get him involved. Um, um, we definitely have to um, have some kind of... Um, uh, what what was the, the thing that he had in his coat during the wedding? The like axe. Oh, the axe, uh, yeah. Yeah, axe, that was hilarious. That was so on, funny, that spot. Axe on a pole match. Yeah. When a, <laughs> and the person who grabs it can use it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put that on AW Dark. That won't be on the main show. Um lights out. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, um yeah, so Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell um get released from NXT. Yeah. Because um there's a whole new batch of people that they want to create stars from and they fall and, and they fall by the wayside. So yeah. AEW pick them up pick them up after 90 days. And they arrive. I reckon that they probably go straight into a feud with like Adam Cole and Britt as like a bit of a mixed tag. <laughs> wow. And we managed to get um, Indy Hartwell over with her kind of silliness. And yeah. Loomis over with, um, obviously they've got a past history with, with, with NXT as well. With yeah. the kidnapping of, uh, of Roderick Strong. <laughs> so that, I forgot about that. <laughs> so that plays in nicely. Um, maybe we could have um, Indy kidnap. Uh, sorry, um, Britt Baker kidnap Indy, and then obviously Dexter Loomis is on the rampage trying to find her. Um, and, and then we get the match where Adam Cole is against Dexter Loomis, yeah. and then we go to the classic kind of onto the Titan Tron during the match. And it's not Dexter Loomis that has saved Indy Hartwell. It's Sammy G. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and Indy is incredibly thankful. Yeah. And obviously he's a charming man. And that plants a seed of, you know, is Dexter really the man for me when he didn't <laughs> save me? So we get like the kind of will they, won't they kind of vibe from those two. Yeah. Like that. And then Dexter Loomis is obviously fuming. And the more that Sammy G tries to explain that there's nothing going on, the more it seems like there is. <laughs> and finally, it comes down to the facts of the axe on a pole match. <laughs> is that the big blow off, the axe on the pole match? <laughs> and eventually, it's Indy Hartwell that realises that Dexter is the man for her and she is the one that grabs the axe and doesn't give it to him. But Sammy G is so like heartbroken that she's chosen Dexter that um, he's like, let, he's like, let his guard down and then he gets choked out. And then we've got <laughs> Indy and Dexter backed together and they're ready to go through whoever's next for them. And Sammy G realizes, you know, it's time for him to settle down and find someone who's ready. And, and yep. who that is, we'll find out next week. <laughs> didn't didn't he um, IRL get engaged on an AEW show though? But then so did Angel Garza on NXT. So that don't yeah. matter. Less like, don't matter. Yeah, don't matter. <laughs> people people forget. People forget. Just, <laughs> just just have him doing that on Crossroads or, 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 
Oh, whatever it's called. Yeah, it's it's wrestling. We're fine. People forget. It don't matter, does it? <laughs> so yeah, there's your uh, book of bingo for Indy Hartwell and Sammy G featuring an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is episode thirty-two in the can. Thanks again to our guest host, Josh. Josh, do you want to give any plugs out? Um, uh, yeah. Um, just watch wrestling guys um cheer the good guys and boo the bad guys would be my message because yeah wrestling fans don't seem to be doing all that much at the minute particularly in wwe so if you're at a wwe show you're at nxt 2.0 just play your part guys it makes it better for everyone um and yeah that's my message this week i think love that that's a lovely plug for wrestling for, for wrestling should be fun but what about your blog <laughs> oh my blog yeah I, I mean i've not done many recently um Nobody'sReady.com is my website. I've done over 200 blogs on all sorts of stuff, WWE, um, AEW, just reports, top tens, reviews of old shows, new shows. Um, there's a lot of variety on there, so take a look and, uh, yeah, see what you think. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on, Josh. And Always, mate, yeah. We'll, we'll have you back on soon. And uh, don't forget that you can subscribe to um, the podcast on... Uh, SoundCloud, on Spotify and on iTunes and we'll see you here next week for episode 33 where hopefully we'll have a few more people turn up. (laughs) See you, Bob. See ya. Awesome. Cheers, Josh. No worries, mate. Spot on time-wise as well, didn't we? I was was watching the clock on my phone. (laughs) That's fantastic. Thanks so much, Josh. Um, All right, mate. Take care. Pleasure. Um, doing business with you again and um thanks for all the support and stuff online and all that sort of stuff yeah anytime mate just uh let me know if you need us cheers man all right mate take care bye bye